In today's episode, we're going to be discussing Colin Morikawa and the PGA Tour, uh, specifically focusing on where and what the PGA Tour should focus on uh, going forward and what's the future for Colin Morikawa in terms of major victories, you know, normal PGA tournaments, how long can he sustain this one, um, that's what's going to be the focus on. So regarding the PGA Tour, if you look at the PGA Tour, their numbers are very good in terms of viewership. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty all-time high. Um, you know, Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship. The viewership for that was unbelievable. You know, obviously, they are going to have to navigate a post-Tiger world, and a lot of times people were worried what that would look like. You know, five, maybe ten years back, people weren't sure what would happen once Tiger would left in terms of would golf completely catapult, would it see loss in sponsorship money, salary for the players, or in this case prize money because of the call PGA Tour players are considered free agents and the only money they get is obviously through winning tournament pools and obviously the bonus money given by the I think the Wyndham Awards and the FedEx Cup. And, you know, golf is looking strong. Um, you know, unfortunately, Tiger's had a lot of injuries in the past decade, so it's had an opportunity to gauge viewership. And, you know, golf has done pretty well. If you look at it, um, we've had a lot of opportunities to see, like, a lot of talent, which you may have been overshadowed if Tiger Woods was there. You know, you see the rise of Jordan Speed. He's been a major factor. Obviously, McElroy, he came along. But really, since 2015... They obviously since twenty fifteen twenty twenty we've only seen Tiger for what he was he wasn't even there for the twenty fifteen season if I'm not wrong he was injured up pretty much through that season and then he came back he was injured for twenty sixteen seventeen and he only played twenty eighteen and again obviously he's injured now once again even at the start of the decade of twenty the twenty tens he was obviously had the scandal and all sorts of injuries in and out. So there being a lot of stars, Jordan is one of them, if I recall correctly. Uh, who else was there? Mm, I, I, I can recall that. Obviously, we've seen the rise of John Rom, Colin Mokawa, Jason Day. I think Jason Day is the person I was trying to find. You know, he obviously was a lot during that 2015 season. He's fallen off a bit. Um, Dustin Johnson, obviously Victor Hovland. So they're a fair bit of stars, Bryson, DeChambeau, Bruce Kepler. So, so golf can hold its own. I'm, I'm very confident in viewership in a post-Tiger Woods. Obviously, if they had uh, Tiger Woods in his pandemic period, you can just imagine what the viewership would have been. Uh, but, you know, golf's in a very strong place, not just in terms of viewership. I think the pandemic has given the opportunity for a lot of people to play golf and experience it. You know, a lot of people view golf as a boring sport. But it's one of those deceiving sports where actually if you play, you realize it's probably the best sport in terms of enjoyment, I mean, I've never, I've played golf for, for a decent time, amount of time now, and I would say it's one of the best games to play, uh, but it's deceiving when you just look at someone playing, and you're like, ah, oh, you're just hitting a ball, but yeah, there's a lot more to it, and uh, I think people have really taken on to golf, and if you play golf, eventually, there's this funny thing, is most people play golf, at least the professionals, they don't really watch that much, but a lot of the amateurs don't play golf, they even watch it. So, you know, it's headed in a very strong direction, I think. Uh, obviously, there's talks of a Super League forming by, uh, I think it was being financed by uh, the Saudi royal family, and the Saudi royal family with the 
tied up with, you know, a Barclays, form Barclays banker from the UK. They're trying to do something with that, but I don't think they're getting any traction among the top 50 players, and that's why they're you know, not going ahead. Do I think a golf super league is a good thing? I don't think it's a great thing, but I don't know. I feel like if they introduce a golf super league, it could have potential to, you know, create some competition for the PGA Tour. Maybe they may increase prize money. Um, potentially, they'll probably have to change some things on the PGA Tour, which I will discuss later on, which I think they should definitely do. Um, you know, a lot of the U.S. models adopt a franchisee model. Um, you know, all the U.S. leagues do that. Um, there's no salary in golf, so a lot of the PGA Tour players are considered free agents. Um, you know, so it does incentivize people. I think potentially the Super League could start within two or three years, and it may not even have more than two or three players inside the top 50. And I don't think any of the old heads, who by that time will be like McElroy and, you know, Garcia's of this world. They're not touching the league, I think. But I think a lot of the youngsters, like a Hovland, potentially, a Matthew Wall, they may consider the Super League, you know. Guaranteed income is a huge thing for all golfers, and they may have, you know, when they start, they may have very few from the top 50. They could have loads from the bottom 100 to, you know, and beyond because if they provide guaranteed income, they'll get some of the viewership. And it just matters is it's getting the eyeballs. And if they can get the eyeballs, it doesn't matter with what plays, uh, then the PGA is going to have to change. And, you know, when you get eyeballs and you get viewership and you get money, you will get more plays. I can assure you. So they just have to start, I think, the Super League, and let's see what happens. I know a lot of people are reluctant, but change happens. Sometimes change is good for sport. And I think it does need to be a little bit of shake-up because the PGA Tour is leading by some margin now in terms of prize money, sponsorships, even viewership, compared to the European Tour, which has really been relegated to a second tier. Uh, you know, there's the PGA Tour, European Tour, and I believe there's an Asian Tour as well. And I could put them in a three-tier category, like you have divisions in the Premier League or in soccer, where you have Division 1, which is the Premier League, being the PGA, the Skybet Championship being, obviously, the European Tour, and then League 1 being the Asian Tour. And, you know, the European Tour used to be very competitive, but now it's really fallen off, and it's a lot of a lot of PG2 tournaments be super competitive because oftentimes no matter what the event is the field is so good in terms of world ranking points it's very hard for you know the players to win now because it's so competitive all the European tour players want to get their PG2 card and it's definitely not and vice versa so there's a definite problem European tour CEOs also you know I question him some of the compensation there is appalling I don't know what they were doing during the pandemic, but they just they just haven't managed to do anything really. And prize money is usually concerning. Obviously, there's a partnership between I believe the PGA Tour and the European Tour, starting from next season, where I think they have a couple of events where which European Tour players can play in PGA Tour events, and PGA Tour players obviously get into the Scottish Open. But the reality is, most of the PGA Tour players are so good, at least out of the at the top 100, at least 60 of those will be, you know, inside the top 100 of the FedEx Cup would be inside the top 100 in the world. And obviously, the European Tour does give criteria for players inside the top 60, top 70. So a lot of them get in anyways. But, you know, there needs to be a far bigger partnership because the European Tour is declining.
declining major. In regards to the PGA Tour, you know, they're going strong. Obviously, they have the Super League coming up, so they have to be a little bit careful in what they do. Uh, but I, the biggest thing is match play. You know, we've 99% of the events on the PGA Tour so it gets a bit boring. And I find it amazing that, you know, they haven't decided match play, you know, for the major tournaments such as Bay Hill, um, Players' Championship, or WGC event. Okay, there is one that has it, so... Or potentially even a major, you know, the U.S. Open is defined as a really tough course. The Masters, you will see the Masters, and it's, you know, it doesn't change its course. And the Open is considered links, you know, weather, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, using trajectory and focusing on striking the ball down. Um, and the PGA Championship really doesn't have an identity out of all of them. So I think they should, if they, if they could make the PGA Championship match play, I think that would be unbelievable for golf. I think if they don't want to do that or do something so drastic, they should definitely make one of major events or at least a couple uh, match play events. I think, you know, going to head to head in the major tournament, Bay Hill, Players, Genesis, uh, you know, these kind of tournaments are the ones where, you know, if you play Rory, Bryce, and Bryce, and Brooks, it just adds to the rivalry, it adds to the mind games, and, you know, if they want to compete with the European Super League, they'll have to bring more match play. Because if they're going to bring in franchises, you know, they're going to have head-to-heads. It's not going to be as focused on your individual score as a team game. You know, match play would be such an interesting element to bring on. And the PGA just doesn't do enough. I think even the Tour Championship that's going on now should be done pretty much throughout match play seedings. Because it would be way more fun. And I just don't understand why the Tour doesn't take these changes. Um... I don't know, it doesn't make much sense. Regarding uh, Colin Morikawa and uh, how he's done so far in his career, it's been a pretty historic rise. I mean, very few players in their first what, two years can do what he's achieved. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, I've won two majors already, uh, and I believe he's only just 24 right now. What's more impressive is, you know, he doesn't drive for that long. He's only, I believe, out of like around 200 players or 220 players, he's ranked only 114th in driving distance. Uh, but he ranks, you know, first in approach to greens. And, you know, that's pretty crazy. And he's got a good driving accuracy. He's ranked 10th out of 220 with around a 70% driving accuracy and a very high greens and regulation of 71.25%. So, you know, he's an unbelievable ball striker and his iron game is supremely strong. Uh, the only question I have and doubts I have with him are you know, in the long run, if courses get longer, I don't see his distance going up because, you know, if distance was to go up, it would go up now at this age. Uh, if distance doesn't go up, it will be a little tougher to com- compete because he's right now 295, you know. It gets harder if you keep staying consistent and people around you keep going up and riding distance. That's the only thing. Right now, he makes up for all of it through his unbelievable striking. So, definitely for the next five, six years, he's going to have a good run at it. Um, and he's had an exceptional start, already five PGA two wins, a WGC two majors. Um, it's incredible. But what I would say is again, we have to be cautious. A lot of people have had big two, two, three years like Jordan had that huge year between 2015 and 2017 and three majors during that time period. Three, I think, between was it 2011 or 2012 to 2014, he won four majors. You know, so I think it was 2011 to 2014 he won four majors and he hasn't won since. 
and Jordans in 2017 has one. Jason had a great run in 2015. Lopez had very good years, um, but keeping consistency has been, you know, among the new modern golfers, it's been very hard. You know, the only player is Tiger Woods, and he's not really considered this generation. Previous one, uh, he's the only one who can say, okay, he's going to come up and he's probably going to pick up a major every single year. But you just don't have a goal for that. It's very hard in golf to do that. And obviously, uh, Collins tried that. Brooks tried that. Obviously, his last major came, uh, what was it, 2019, I think, was his last major. So, you know, Brooks hasn't won in two years as well. So, it's not been easy for anyone to keep that consistency level. Obviously, Collins already won two. and years to go majors for the next year it wouldn't be a big deal but you know, the consistency tells you whether you're gonna be you know the Jack Nicholas's or the Palmer's or the Jordan Speeds and all that goes which is just one of the best in the world but will never reach the legacy of you know winning 10 14 majors is gone into that trajectory I would say I don't think so I think I project to win about six seven majors with most of them actually coming within the next five years i think you know he could potentially pick up three four within the next five years because he's both from right up there um, so you know he makes up for his driving distance with unbelievable strike. you know he's got one of the best his first his strokes and in approaches and he's got 71 percent regulation 70 percent regulation in uh, regulation which is really good and you know, great driving accuracy as well, good birdie averaging, so definitely he's going to be up there for the next four or five years. My memory is a bit more like Donald, he's a good ball striker and he was consistent and then, you know, his distance really wasn't increasing. He was never considered super long, but he was there for free, you know, as well number one and then fall off. Definitely, I don't know. He definitely didn't chase distance because his scores dramatically changed in recent years. So if he wants to keep within his game, he's not looking to distance like, you know, Jordan is or other players are because he knows it's one of the strengths. So, yeah, I've been around six to seven majors. I think eventually having distance will be a bit of a problem for him unless he can really pick it up. And I don't think he has that level of speed. That's it, but he's far superior terms of ball striking times that he can make it up uh, and I think he can do really well in that she has barring no injuries obviously and uh, he's kind of cooled off in the FedEx Cup and lost two events I think he believe it's a miscut almost finished I think lost or close to lost and it's been a struggle uh, the main reason for that it's it's probably due to you know he's been saying injury and a back injury and he, you know I really don't understand why these golfers when they're injured, you know, they say, oh, if you're injured, it's just golf, but I, I think Colin should just rest out the whole FedEx Cup player, I don't see that, I think, you know, the career he has ahead of him, why risk it, you know, there was there were reports going around that he has a pinched nerve, and he was first in the FedEx Cup, so I don't know why he played the Northern Trust or the BMW, he could have just rested and played the uh, Tour Championship, but he's playing all three weeks, which I think is really going to affect him, because he did saying reports around he himself has said he's had to change his swing and that's one of the worst things you can do is when you change your swing to try and bring it back after you've changed it so he's changed only for these three tournaments obviously he's got a bit of a so he's, you know he's not saying he's a bit out of sync but i don't like it at all and this is the trajectory of our players head out when they want two or three majors 
injury or chasing perfection and then they just lose it and I think Colin hopefully doesn't do that but yeah, he's in a bit of danger if he continues on this path. So you know that my trajectory is with the ball striking. Uh, in terms of PG2 wins, I could see him get up there 20. I think he's going to get 20 wins. But I think he will definitely be a winner for a long time. Um, 25 wins. Definitely. Because even if he doesn't win, I think he's got a long career to win in terms of winning PG2 events. For certain. So, yeah. PG2 events, I think, with his ball striking ability, Green's regulation, um, he hits his driver pretty straight. I think, yeah, 20 plus events easily for Colin. Um, I do think that he'll probably only win about six or seven majors, as I've said before. But in terms of PG2 events, I'm very confident he'll continue to win even when he's won the first major. Um, and I think, yeah, he'll have a better career than McDonald for certain. I mean, he's already had a better career than Luke McDonald. He's a two time major champion. But in terms of even if he has a four, I don't think he'll be as drastic. But I do believe he's got this opportunity within the next six years to really capitalize and potentially win a major every year. So yeah, the future does look good, at least in the short term, for the uh, Colin Murakawa um, and the PGA Tour. And uh, we'll see what happens to the Open World. It's going to be a, you know, a decent time for both in terms of, you know, they haven't gained this traction for instance. Tiger Woods. And this is the end.